0: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to another episode of Injury Reserve Podcast with your host me myself and I Mitchell Anderson. First things first. Let's just jump right into it. The whole AB drama in Pittsburgh. Ben Roethlisberger needs to go. Lakers continue the struggle and why LeBron James considering on um, uh, possibly being on the trade offer isn't such a crazy as deal crazy idea as people think. So let's just jump right into it. Um... A B goes to the Oakland Raiders. <coughs> they even give him a contract extension as well, which is wild. Um, <laughs> Levon Bell goes to the New York jets gets more guaranteed money um, than his original offer he originally the offer if he was to stay in Pittsburgh, he would have made more but he uh he wanted to go to the jets he got more guaranteed money right away thirty two mil I believe and uh that's that so um Personally, as a Steelers fan, and uh, looking at everything just from a different perspective as well, um, I didn't like um, what Steelers GM said, uh, given the rite right of passage for Ben Roethlisberger saying they should listen to him. Terrible idea. Um, I, he needs to go. It's time just to downgrade everything in Pittsburgh and start over. Start from scratch. Let's get a new uh blueprint going. Um, we still got the second year man out of Oklahoma State and Mason Rudolph. Um, I don't know how well he is, I don't know how well he he'll, he'll perform. I think he should start getting some playing time. And it just, man, it's just been a long time coming. It's time for Ben to go. I don't care if he I don't care where he goes, to be honest with you. Um <laughs> It's just Man, there's the, the the toxicity in that locker room is just it's beyond gone repair, and it's not just all oh, on Ben. It's, it's on part of Coach Tomlin too. The, being a player's coach is cool to a certain extent, but once you start giving these players certain privileges and all these superstars, then things start to you know, start to rock the boat a little bit. So with that being said, Ben needs to go. I don't care where, but it's I would start 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 scoping for a quarterback in the draft. If things haven't been looking so solid For Mason Rudolph <laughs> Or um, God I'm trying to think of the third stringer But uh, With that being said um, I don't know And The AFC North is going to be interesting this year I think Pitt still is going to have some Fight in them. We still got some solid replacements We got Juju Smith-Schuster Got James Conner uh, Almost rushed for a thousand yards this past season uh, He missed about four games but uh, he was on pace for about 1200 but he got a little over 900 yards rushing this year so it's a solid replacement not as um he's not as athletic as Levon, not as versatile but still nonetheless it's a solid replacement can't complain there um there's also you know things of how Ben and I saw the videos it's Ben purposely fumbling the ball <laughs> And I can't lie, it does look suspect because he fumbled the ball purposely, you know, on intention to make Todd Haley's play calling look bad. So it's just, like I said, man, it's just, he's a terrible leader. I hate, I hate to say it, but he is. Um, I'm not disregarding what he's done for the city of Pittsburgh when it comes to winning two Super Bowls, been to three of them. But uh, we also got to keep in mind of the defense that he had as well. Um, so, with that being said, um, yeah, man, Pittsburgh is in shambles right now. And all of a sudden, the Cleveland Browns, um, they're 15-1 they're to 1 favorites to win the Super Bowl. They got the Odell Beckham trade, they got him, um, they traded a few draft picks, and uh, Jabril Peppers as well, and um, yeah, I don't know, Cleveland... <laughs> Cleveland's roster is looking solid. Baker Mayfield had a solid rookie campaign, but we'll see how his sophomore season goes because a lot of people say, you know, uh, uh, your second season, some people have sophomore slumps, and you just never really hear from them again. (coughs) And then uh, the Ravens, uh, now they got uh, this offseason to build their uh, game plan around Lamar Jackson, see how that progresses. He had a solid rookie outing as well. so yeah, we'll we'll see how things go. And then Cincy's, um Cincy's usually, I don't know, they're kind of hit and miss. Uh one season they'll go eleven and five, 10 and six, being the hump for the playoffs. It's like if I if I'm a Cincy fan, I won't be I would start scoping for a quarterback. I'd I i do not have much faith in Andy Dalton. i if I see Andy Dalton on a play field, I really, you know, he's not one of the things I, I'd be concerned about. Um, and if he is, it's just regular season. Because come playoff time, he's not really, he's not really an eyesore for defenders. And then uh, they recently, <laughs> they probably did the best thing since he, and that was release Vantes Burfek, who's always been uh, a thorn on their side when it comes to the penalties on their defense. And a couple of years back, they cost him, he cost them the game in the, I believe, is the wild card to the divisional round when Pittsburgh faced them. They had they had the W against Pittsburgh. Marvin Lewis was about to get his first playoff career win ever, and then Bontez Perfect did a you know helmet to helmet with Antonio Brown, and uh, I think roughing the quarterback like back to back plays, which were which were like 15 yard penalties, eventually end up setting Pittsburgh to get the game winning field goal. So, so I don't know. We'll see how things turn out. I think. Honestly, if I'm being honest right now, I think people people are riding the height train too much on Cleveland right now. We'll see how things turn out and how the chemistry goes with Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham. And I think uh knowing Baker Mayfield, I don't think he's gonna be too concerned of trying to please Odell. Um it's gonna be like kind of a Dak Prescott slash Des Bryant kind of scenario, like uh Once they started Dak Prescott and Des wasn't getting the targets, uh, this became a problem for Des. And I like to, you know, Dak's response of like, "Hey, if you're open, I'll throw it to you." It's simple as that. So um, we'll see how that goes. Uh, I don't think Odell will get uh, as many targets as he did in New York, but uh, I don't know. We'll we'll see how things turn out there. And then um, Antonio Brown to Oakland and him and Derek Carr combination um it's going I don't know man I think he he'll get the targets um it, it just I don't know it depends if Derek Carr stays healthy I think he'll he'll get his over 100 targets a season uh 100 targets a season I don't know how how long he can keep that up considering the fact that he's uh he's 31 so um I don't know it's with that being said, I think it's going to be kind of like a, a kind of mid-2000s vibe when it came to the St. Louis Rams. It's like when um, you know when they finally switched quarterbacks, they let Kurt Warner go, and they switched uh, Mark Bolger. you know what I mean? So it's like <laughs> Derek Carr's Mark Bolger and uh, AB's Torrey Tory Holt. You know, in that combo was cool for a little bit, and Torrey Holt was getting the receptions, he was getting the stats for like a year or two, and things started to slowly slowly decline after that. Because once Mark Bolger came in, Torrey Holt was uh, late, he was he was around the age of A B, so it started to slowly decline. So with that being said, I think A B will have one solid season in Oakland. Well who he'll have over a thousand yards receiving and after that I think he'll get like more seven eight hundred and I think the chemistry is just it's not gonna be it's not gonna be consistent it wasn't even consistent in Pittsburgh but I think he's gonna start to slowly realize like you know this season he'll he'll be great and then the, the next two three seasons he's gonna be he ain't gonna be too happy in Oakland I mean yeah, look. for instance, look at Randy Moss when he went to Oakland. He became irrelevant for the first year or two when he stayed in Oakland. And then he went to New England, and, and Tom Brady brought revived his career. So, it's, uh, I don't know, it's going to be an interesting NFL season nonetheless. And uh, if I had to pick a favorite when it comes to the AFC North, I would say probably... Um, I I I mean, look at the you know the defending champs right now in that division. I say Baltimore's the favorite. Um, They have been. They have made uh, some releases though, making some cap room on the defensive side and whoever they're looking at when it comes to the draft. Uh, They let uh, (coughs) Terrell Suggs go. He went to Arizona, and then Eric Weddle. Right, Weddle. he went, I can't remember where he went off the top of my head, but they let him go as well. So I don't know. It's gonna be, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a wild year. So we still got a lot of offseason to go. But uh with that being said, I'm gonna take a quick little break. I'm gonna elaborate on the Lakers. Their <laughs> their season's starting to conclude. Uh what to consider when it comes to LeBron James options. Welcome back. This is Injured Reserve. So, the drama continues in LA as well. Not just Pittsburgh, but the toxicity of LeBron James. It's just uh, starting to show more uh, revelations, even on screen, when it comes to certain these past few games. Uh, 70 games in, 12 to go, 31 and 39. Obviously, they, they're not going to make the playoffs. So, like I said before, uh, a couple weeks back, it's, you know, just sit out the rest of the season for LeBron, but I don't think he's going to do that. He's got to keep on uh, stat padding, and uh, that'll be it, basically. So, so from a GM perspective, if I was Magic Johnson, you got to start laying the cards on the table for everybody. That's including LeBron James. If you want to make some serious moves, if you want people to start taking you serious. So the media is seeing it like this. If LeBron James, if the Lakers win, it's because of LeBron James. If the Lakers lose, it's because he doesn't have a supporting cast. That's basically been the narrative. Um, I'm not saying it's LeBron James's fault because of that narrative. It could be because of the media of ESPN, Fox Sports, or whatever other outlets you want to name, social media in general. So, and people are starting to see, uh, you know, other NBA veterans out there, you know, they're seeing like, uh, you know, <coughs> maybe, you know, he likes to have his little drama here and there, you know, when the HBO, the shop, this and that. So, and people don't want to go to LA and not only deal with that, but also have to deal with Lonzo Balls, his father as well. So, I think it's pretty... It's starting to show the true colors. Alonzo ball. Uh career's a bust. Let the kid go. He ain't worth that drama with his father. He needs to step down to the G League. Yes, his defense is solid, but it's not enough to keep him relevant on that roster. That's the only thing he has going for him. Uh he has been He's been out more games in his career than he has played so far in his two seasons. So let let that, you know, put that in perspective. It's just he ain't worth the trouble, especially when it comes to his you know his father. Uh take the take note, take take lesson learned from anyone else in the NBA. Don't listen to a loudmouth parent and give into this hype of you know their son's the greatest this and that. <laughs> so um Lonzo needs to go. I see G League. I don't see he'll fade out within the next year. They'll let him go. If you're if you want to be a good GM, you let Lonzo Ball go. It's a bust. Forty percent from the field, 40% from the free throw. He ain't worth the drama. He's been hurt more than anything. And now you gotta look at this as well. What kind of trade options can you really offer for anyone else in the offseason? So you got Brandon Ingram, you got Kuzma, but Ingram problem is, is that he has a blood clot. So he's you know, He's becoming a liability as well. So there's that. And then, really, that's all you got, though. I mean, Kuzma and Ingram have had a solid season, 17, 18 points per game from both of them. And LeBron just, you know, just not getting it done. So uh, man's 34 years old, going to be, what, 35 next season? Go on to 16th season, give or take you got to you consider your options, man. You don't have a lot of good options right now on the trade table. So, they originally, they, they should have got this job done midseason before the trade deadline back in February to grab Anthony Davis. But Lonzo Ball's hurt. Ingram's becoming a liability. And the only true player that you have a solid chance of a trade is Kyle Kuzma. So, you gotta empty the house, really. So if you wanna if you wanna feature with that franchise, I would say keep Ingram, keep Kuzma, but y'all need to get some shooters. Um I don't know, there's reports that Kawhi wants to go to LA, but I think it's the Clippers. And it make more sense, if anything, right? I mean the Lakers are gonna or the Clippers are gonna make the playoffs. They're sitting solid. (laughs) And then um it's just I don't know. They're they're sitting solid at the eight seed. They're forty-one and thirty. Kawhi goes there. They could possibly be at a, finish the season next year at a fourth or third seed and have a chance at a title. Uh, Golden State, I think Durant's leaving. Him and Durant Durant and Kyrie will go to New York, and then the Lakers, Magic. He, uh, he's he's got to do something. You want a future for your franchise? You gotta. gotta you got to get someone younger. LeBron has, you know, he has this season, and then I think these next two seasons he's done. He he ain't gonna be the LeBron James that we know. Father time caught up with him this year. He got hurt. Eventually, it's gonna start, you know, showing more. Yeah, he spends a million dollars in the off season in recovery mode. This and that. He goes in like the hyperbolic time chamber, like Dragon Ball Z, like recovery. But you're human, so. It happens to the best of them. You know what I mean? So, you know, even, even the GOATs along the likes of Muhammad Ali sh- sh- slowly digress. Uh, Michael Jordan, by the time he was 38, 39 in the Washington Wizards, he willed that team. <laughs> you know, he averaged 25 and 5. And at one time was in the MVP, uh, MVP candidate race along with Kobe Bryant, Tracy McGrady, and Shaquille O'Neal. But eventually, you know, his knees couldn't hold up anymore. They were, they were, they were in the playoff picture. But once Jordan got hurt, they eventually fell back, and uh, they finished the season 45 So it happens. It's not, you know, it's nothing against him. It's just uh, Laker fans need to understand that, hey, Father Time is undefeated, and uh, if I'm a if, if I'm a Laker fan. Gotta trade LeBron. Should never have pursued him in the first place. Uh, pursuing a 33, 34 year old man just to get two more, maybe three good seasons. And those, and those few seasons are kind of injury riddled. So, I don't know. LA, they got to do something. Um, Anthony Davis would be a solid pickup, but no one's really, you know, I think maybe Clay Thompson. Uh, I don't know. Uh, they're saying that he, he likes Golden State as well, and he wants to win more titles there. So, who knows? Um, LA, it's just, oof. it's looking rough for them, no doubt. Um, so, there's possibly of them grabbing Jimmy Butler as well in free agency. That's, that's a possibility. Um, or, and, um. Picking up Doc Rivers or Ty Lu from the co- for the head coaching position. And as everyone suspected, Luke Walton was the scapegoat for the season. It's like, oh, we didn't have the right coach. <laughs> Even though we all know, like I mean, I'm not saying Luke was the answer, but it wasn't all on him as well. So I don't know. It's uh it's gonna be interesting how this turns out for the LA in the offseason. I'm really intrigued. But uh, with that being said, I'm going to take a quick little break. You are listening to Injured Reserve. Welcome back to Injured Reserve. So recently, last night, Dirk Nowinski, uh moved past Wilt Chamberlain on six all-time scoring lists. Uh, without a doubt, he's uh, one of my all-time favorite NBA players of all time and uh, doing um, one of the biggest upsets of all time in NBA history when him and his, the Dallas Mavericks faced off against the Miami Heat in the NBA Finals about seven, eight years ago. It was basically, you know, uh, the aging Dallas Mavs of, you know, the, the old Jason Terry and and, uh, Jason Kidd, Sean Marion, all those guys were past their prime and Dirk was about to be past his prime, basically was at that point. And they took on the prime, you know, Miami Heat, the big three, it was Dirk against the big three and they won in, I think seven, six games. So, uh, that was cool to see. And, um. You know, I think you can make a case that he's probably the best international player of all time. Um, he's had a, a phenomenal career uh, over two decades of spending his entire career with the Dallas Mavericks. That's a lot of de- dedication. Um, he's definitely top 10 uh, power forward of all time. Possibly top 20 player of all time. You can make a case for that as well. Um but uh, I, probably, I probably have my top five best power forwards of all time. Him, I think Duncan is number one, obviously. Uh, you can put Carmelo Malone up there, Kevin Garnett, and uh, probably Charles Barkley. Um, Chris Bosh is probably up there in the top ten as well. Probably, probably could have been to make a case for top five had he not had a blood clot. Uh, once LeBron left Miami, he had a blood clot and uh, D-Wade started getting hurt. And uh, that was pretty much the demise for the Miami Heat for a little bit. But uh, they're making a final run for it in D. Wade's final season as well. But uh, kudos to Dirk Nowinski passing Wilt Chamberlain, six all-time scoring list. He's still 900 points behind uh, Michael Jordan, (coughs) who got passed by LeBron, uh, who's now fourth all-time in the scoring list. So, but... uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's cool to see, man. Uh, I've always been a Dirk Nowitzki fan. Uh, it's 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 cool to see something like that in <laughs> Dirk Nowitzki. It's great. He was definitely one of those uh, power forwards to enter the league. Uh, one of the first like uh, big men to be able to shoot the three. Yeah. One of the uh, very first to do it. Uh, it's um it's crazy how much the NBA has evolved. You know, back then. During Isaiah, Magic, Jordan's era, you know, it was always the, you know, the guards, if anything, to be shooting the three. All the big men like Malone and Shaq, just, you know, feed them the post and let them do work, basically. But now you guys got, like, Dirk Nowinski and, uh, golly, I'm trying to think of a few. Uh, Laura Malarkin from the Chicago Bulls. Um, God, my mind's blown. Uh, drawing a blank right now but uh big men nowadays can shoot the three Kevin Kevin Durant so it's just it's 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 so eccentric a you know big guys like that be able to shoot the three can never imagine seeing Shaq shooting a three unless it's an NBA all-star game but um definitely a huge accomplishment uh shout out to him good for him um like I said um NBA champion, NBA Finals, MVP, the two thousand eleven NBA Finals. Uh went in, in six games. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh pulling one of the biggest upsets in NBA history. Uh, when it comes to you, you, you take that roster back in two thousand eleven of the Dallas Mavericks and the Miami Heat. It's just you you know, if I'm a betting man, I'm taking Miami, right? You know, um He he just, he look at um, just, you know, uh, all those guys, you see Wade, you see Bosh, you see LeBron, um, and you see, you know, even Chalmers had his little stint, you know, I mean, he would put up 12, 15 a game, it's just like, there's no way this aging Dallas Mavs has, has a shot, you would think maybe they'll get one game and that's it. But, uh, you know, hey, you know, Dirk put up, you know, he averaged 26 and 10 at that time. And I got to put some respect in Terry as well. He did put up 18 a game, but that was it. I mean, nonetheless, you had on old Sean Marion, and uh, Jason Kidd, Tyson Chandler, and uh, even J.J. Barrera, Barrera, if anyone remembers that that dude. And then compared to a prime roster of Wade, LeBron uh bosh um uh, they did they did they did have <laughs> aging Mike Bibby I'll give them that but nonetheless um it was crazy uh, I would have never thought Dallas would have had a shot in that I remember watching that series and I'm like I would I would have took Miami in 5 to be honest with you but um they uh they 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 pulled off the upset like I said arguably one of the biggest upsets in NBA history and I know that's gonna trigger a few LeBron fans out there. I'm a LeBron fan. People people think I hate on LeBron. I don't. But I'm a realist at heart, though. Too. I'm being honest. I'm you know it's support all these facts. You know it's just um, I just I look at the rosters. I look who players played with, and that's how I make my argument. Uh, one of the elements to my arguments when it comes to the goat status. <clears throat> that's why whenever there's always a debate. I just don't like the fact that you know, he, like I said, I take the roster of Dallas and Miami. Let's make that example. I look at that roster, and the Miami Heat is more talented. They they have the artillery when it comes to the Dallas. <clears throat> excuse me, the Dallas Mavericks. So that's just how I put things in perspective and make the case for the GOAT, and that's why Michael Jordan still the GOAT. I just don't see it's to me that making that case for the GOAT status is laughable. I just, I, I don't get it. <laughs> like LeBron James fans always bring up like, oh, he had Scottie Pippen. Yeah, he did. He did. But Scottie, you know, finished his career. And he averaged 15, 16 points a game compared to Chris Bosch or Antoine Jameson, who averaged 18 a game. People act like Antoine Jameson was a scrub, but he averaged 18 points a game in his career. He played with LeBron James. <laughs> they had a shot when he played with Cleveland. He just couldn't get the job done. It's okay. You know, LeBron James is just a bigger, stronger Scottie Pippen who averages more points in the softer era of NBA. And people get mad at me about that. It's just like, it's true, though. It's just the NBA, the NBA soft. There's no defense final score is 142 to 135. Crest the All-Star games back in the 90s put up better defense than that. <laughs> so, it's just, you know, it's just a different era and there's nothing that's nothing to, you know, take some shine away from LeBron or any other, any of these other players. It's just it's different, you know. <laughs> it's like Michael averaged 33 for his career. If he played in today's era, he'd average 40 easily. Especially with the ticky-tack fouls nowadays. Jesus. Uh, it's just a different era. It's just kind of hard to watch sometimes. Because there's, no, there's literally no defense. People don't make an effort for get grabbing a rebound. Back in the day, you know, those guys would fight, claw, scratch for a board. Bill Embiid, or Karl Malone. Um, God, even the little guys, Stockton. Uh, but... Uh, it's just, it's different nowadays. So, when you make a case for the GOAT argument, just remember who they play with. That's, that's all I ask. Yes, Michael had Scotty for the first three titles. Then he had Dennis Rodman. I'll give you that. <laughs> Even though, <laughs> I really don't take the Rodman argument seriously because he was just literally grabbed 10 boards a game and that's it. I mean, the dude put up two points and... That's it. He 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 was never a scorer. Defense, I'll give you. I'll give you the defense. So Michael Pippen Rodman got you. That's fine. That's fair. And I'm not and I'm not knocking that. You know Michael because people do overanalyze LeBron. I will give you that. Because yeah, nowadays social media is huge. He's one of the biggest athletes in the world, and they analyze every little single thing. And. It's not – I'm not – not like, Michael has had bad games. It happens. Hell, yesterday was that 24-year anniversary of him saying he's back. He came back to the NBA, returned, you know, first time in 21 months, faces the Indiana Pacers, and he, you know, <laughs> missing two years of basketball. They're close to it, and he shot 7 of 28. He has bad games. But the prop, you know, the thing is, is, like, when it comes to clutch, LeBron does have his clutch moments – but does he finish games strong? Not necessarily. He's had opportunities to finish games strong before. He couldn't do it. Two what was it two years ago in the NBA Finals, they had a shot against Golden State. You, it was him, Kyrie, Kevin Love, and then it was against Durant, Curry, and Thompson. Draymond was really nothing to worry about because he, he's not going to put up 20. He'll put up 10-15. But still, you can get a solid assignment on someone on Cleveland for that. You got Tristan Thompson for that. That's why they paid him the big bucks. That's why Kev, That's why LeBron wanted him back. They overpaid for him. They overpaid for J.R. Smith. And people wonder why the Cleveland Cavaliers are not shambles. Because you overpaid for players that LeBron wanted to, to retain. And now <laughs> LeBron, you know, he up and left. Kevin Love is hurt. And you you can't trade for overpaid players like Tristan Thompson and J R Smith, so it's just uh, the 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 ignorance of like stardom is just mind blowing to me. So you gotta look at things like uh, Kobe Bryant, <laughs> their first finals. Hell, Shaq put up thirty five a game, fifteen boards, while well, Kobe averaged like. 12 and 15. He didn't even play game two because he got hurt in game one, and they still got the W in game two. So, Kobe Bryant's had Shaquille O'Neal for the first three final finals. They had Paul Gasol, Lamar Odom, Ron Artest. Excuse me, Metal World Peace. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> let's be let's be real. Let's be honest. And then LeBron, God. I mean, (laughs) he could build an all-star team with the amount of players he's played with. Feature Hall of Famers. Antoine Jameson. Chris Bosh. Dwayne Wade. Kyrie Irving. Kevin Love. Shaquille O'Neal. Ray Allen. I mean, yes, Shaq was near the, you know, towards the end of his prime. And he was averaging more of like 12 points, 8 boards. But still, nonetheless, big man down low. That's good enough. I mean, hell, Dennis Rodman. He, like I said, he got 10 boards and put up two points a game. That's it. But Michael's still able to get the job done with that roster. So it's just it's little things that put light in perspective when it comes to the goat conversation. If you want to make a case for LeBron, also make a case on people who's played with people you know so it's just it's just let's be fair let's see you know look at the roster who these players played with and analyze it from there <clears throat> but uh i don't know ignorance is bliss sometimes but uh <coughs> excuse me with that being said i'm going to take a quick little break and you are listening to injury reserve Welcome back to Injured Reserve. So this past these, the past you know, week or so, it's been pretty busy when it comes to the, you know certain teams making these moves here and there. Obviously, I mentioned earlier Odell with Cleveland, and then uh, without Odell leaving, the Giants pick up Golden Tate, which is a solid pickup. Not you know not as versatile and as young as Odell Beckham is, but that's a solid replacement. What I don't like is the Giants, you know, <laughs> they've gotten basically rid of everyone else except Eli. Like, I think it's time, you know, it's time to move on from Eli as well. All these quarterbacks from the 2004 NFL draft, <clears throat> excuse me, just, uh, you know, it's time to move on. Uh, like I said, Ben Roethlisberger needs to go. Um, you know, it, it. It. it's not so much, you know, the 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 play of their deterioration, but you know I just don't like how Ben is like high risk high reward. He throws a lot of interceptions. Same thing with Eli Manning. Uh, Philip Rivers does it once in a while as well. So, um, but um, I think it's pretty it's pretty clear. The writing's on the wall. Um, I want Pittsburgh to start looking forward for the future. And I thought for sure that San Diego, <laughs> uh, I was kind of pulling for them this year. But once you know, once they got that blowout against New England, it's just like, look, man, <laughs> if Phil, it's just it's not in the cards for him. You know, he's got all these stats. That's cool, but you know, he's, he's going to be one of those quarterbacks that's just just couldn't quite make it there to the big time on Super Bowl Sunday. You know, so um, it's time for. If I'm a Chargers fan, I would uh, start scouting as well for a quarterback. Um, Ryan Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, went to sign with Miami. This is like his sixth uh, or seventh different team he has signed with. He's played with the Jets. He's played with Buffalo. He's played with Tampa. Uh, God, I, he's played on quite a few teams. He's jumped ship here and there. Uh, he's played with St. Louis, uh, Houston, Tennessee, and um, he's put in the work. He's you know he's a veteran. He's been he's been in the league since '05. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick, it's it's he's eccentric. It's odd with him. So I want I can't say that he's a solid sign, but I mean he's got experience. It's weird on his mindset. It's like Eli Manning mindset, almost in the sense, like it's like okay. So with Eli Manning, the Giants could tank and struggle all season long, right? They can barely make the playoffs, make a wild card at like nine and seven, but for some particular reason, I don't know. Nobody knows why. Eli Manning can lead the league in interceptions but as soon as they make the playoffs he flips the switch and he just he plays as if the best quarterback in the world and he beat brady not once but twice in the super bowl which i still don't know how to tell you how he did it but he did all i can say is he did it because of that one infamous catch uh the help the catch on the helmet I can't remember the dude's name because he's not even in the league anymore. And that over-the-shoulder catch of Mario Manningham. So, um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the defense defense was a big help as well, though, too. So, um, it's like that <laughs> with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, Miami moved down from Ryan Tannehill. And with Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's, he's kind of like that Eli Manning mindset. Like, as soon as he knows, like, there isn't any pressure on him and there isn't, like, any hype for him behind him, like, he flips the switch as well, and he just he plays lights out. He'll throw four touchdowns one game. But as soon as the spotlight is back on him, he, like, shrivels under pressure. Like, I, I don't get it. So, he's hit or miss. Like, he's kind of a high-risk, high-reward as well. Um, he'll throw 24 touchdowns one season. But with that, he'll throw 12, 16 interceptions. So, it's just like, I don't know. It's iffy with him. Um, he had a solid outing this past year, you know, with Tampa. Um, had 17 touchdowns, 12 picks. Um Obviously, Tampa, you know, James Winston ain't the answer for him. He's kind of falling off the map. So it's just, I don't know. It's like I said, I, you know, I want to say he's a, he's a solid signing, but it's just as long as there isn't any expectations for Ryan Fitzpatrick, he'll play great. so it's just like it needs to be on the writing on the wall like just do your best Ryan and he'll play lights out maybe I don't know it's weird he plays weird it's so I've never seen anything like that he'll throw three four interceptions one game sit the bench someone else will tank he'll come back in and lead you know a game winning drive or fourth quarter comeback, (laughs) and throw two three touchdowns and throw for two three hundred yards in that same game so, it's it's weird with him. I don't get it. The the Ryan Fitzpatrick cycle is so odd. He'll play like trash. Starting quarterback will get hurt or play trash. He'll get in, play great, be the starter for a couple weeks. Then he'll be trash. And then, you know, that following season he'll get released. Hence why he's been on six, seven different teams. So, I don't know. You know, Miami's in the rebuilding process. Uh On paper, they look solid. They're young. Kenny Stills had a solid outing. Um, Not like a big ooh and ah season, but still. um, a Solid wide out. Young, mid-20s. They'll be all right. Um, They did lose Frank Gore, which I'm surprised they did not retain uh, despite his age. The man's 35, 36 years old. It's old for a running back, but nonetheless, he still averaged over four yards a carry this past season. And almost eclipsed, Uh, he had over like 700 yards of carry. And I thought for sure he would come back to Miami, but he didn't. And he ended up signing with Buffalo. So um, I don't know why. Uh, Buffalo, you know, they got some work to do as well. If anything, if you want to play for a solid playoff contention, you think it would be Miami. But uh, (laughs) he signed with their divisional rival, Buffalo, and that's that. Um as it comes for Detroit, you know, them losing Golden Tate, their best wide receiver. Uh it's kind of like, you know, in a sense with uh, you know, Matthew Stafford, uh, I'm a Lions fan. I looking, I'd be looking to trade him. Give him a big contract, that'd be kind of hard to trade for when it comes just to a good quarterback. Uh and even then, he there's days where he looks good and then there's days where he's just mediocre. So it's just, you don't know what you're gonna get with Stafford. It's just you'll get 21 touchdowns in the season, but you'll get 14 interceptions. He's just, he's very, you know, he's just, he's okay. He didn't, he's not worth the money that Detroit paid him being in the top five one of the top five highest paid quarterbacks in the league, but it is what it is. They did sign Trey Flowers, defensive end out of New England. <coughs> But um, they signed somebody else, but I can't remember who it is. But nonetheless, you know, they should have they kept, and I keep saying this, Detroit should have st- stuck with Jim Caldwell. He's a, he was a solid coach. They made the playoffs. Uh, and they lost in the wild card against Seattle two years ago. And they were literally one game away from making the playoffs again. Yeah, in the final season for Jim Caldwell. Had that call not been blown against Atlanta two years ago. With the whole time running out and there was a penalty or whatever it was. I can't remember the whole agenda on that. But Detroit would have finished season 10-6. and six, They would have made the playoffs again. They played the, the game plan was solid. You know, Jim Caldwell, Matt Stafford, it was solid. But when you keep switching coaches every three, four seasons... You go from Jim Swartz to whoever to Jim Caldwell to now, you know, Matt Patricia. It ain't going to work. Matt Patricia ain't the ain't the real deal. People, you know, get these high hopes and high expectations when they sign someone from New England on the coaching staff expecting a Bill Belichick relic, and it doesn't, you know, it, it's never played in their favor. So, I don't know. Uh, Detroit's got some work to do. Miami, the, you know... <coughs> I agree with them parting ways with Tannehill because he's he's just you know he's too much of an injury prone and injury risk. So we'll see how things plan out there. But uh I don't know. Um Detroit, they uh if I'm Detroit, trade Stafford, let him go and uh start fresh. <coughs> I didn't I didn't even like the signing they had with Matt Patricia. So they I mean you go and uh, you go from Jim Caldwell, nine and seven, to Matt Patricia finished season five and eleven, six and ten. So, and I don't, I don't, they didn't. There's nothing really, any, you no know, adjustments they made so far this off season that really is gonna ooh and ah anyone else. I mean, I know they still got the draft, but it's Stafford. I don't have faith in Stafford. I don't know about the rest of y'all, but I don't. You look at the NFC North. I mean, it's obvious Rodgers is the best quarterback in that, in that division. And even then, though, I mean, <laughs> right, there's going to there's gonna be a lot of pressure on Rodgers this year for them to make the playoffs. You know, um, Mike McCarthy was the scapegoat for, for him this year. They let him go. Even though he was a good coach, uh, Rodgers just can't get it done when it comes to, you know, lead, uh, game-winning drives in, in the fourth quarter. He just doesn't get the job done. He plays it safe. When it comes to certain plays and aspects of the game, when it comes to making that first down or trying to finish off the game, he plays it safe, throws the ball away, makes a little completion, falls short of the fourth, and, you know, the, whatever it is. They punt the ball, they lose the game against, you know, uh, whatever. <clears throat> but it's going to be a lot of pressure in Green Bay. Detroit, there never is any pressure because there's never any expectations. I think that organization, they need a new owner and they need a new mentality. They need a new coach and they need a new quarterback. But uh, that being said, this is the Inter Podcast. I thank uh, all y'all for listening in. I hope you have a great day. God bless and have a good one.